This is your 9 o'clock update on the Gabby Petito case for this 13th day of October 2021. Now a month after this investigation began. Hard to believe we've been reporting on this for one month and the search for Brian Laundrie as of Wednesday evening at 9 o'clock continues here on the Sun Coast. Now Tuesday we got a lot of new information. We got the autopsy report with the uh, determination of manual strangulation and homicide as the cause of death. We also had the uh, dismantling of the uh, memorial for Gabby Petito here in the city of uh, Northport. So a lot going on uh, yesterday. Today the news not nearly as forthcoming, but we still do have that uh, information about Brian Laundry that he is still missing and is still a person of interest. Yes, that hasn't changed despite the fact that the results came out from the autopsy that Gabby Petito died as a result of strangulation. This did not change the fact that Brian Laundry is still only a person of interest in this case. And again, as we uh, go through this day on Wednesday, very little coming out. So it gave us here at ABC7 just a, a little bit of a chance to, to reach out to some experts in the uh, area of uh, forensics to talk about a little bit uh, what's going into the uh, autopsy and what these autopsy results mean as this case continues to move forward. Yeah, and our Daniela Hurtado was on the case doing a fabulous job doing a recap and talking to some experts to dig a little deeper into the autopsy results. Let's listen. Bottom line is it's going to take time before we know all of the details of what exactly led to the conclusion of manual strangulation. We reached out for a follow-up interview with the coroner in Teton County who conducted this autopsy, but we've been unable to schedule something this afternoon. So we chatted with some experts locally about how these kinds of situations pan out and what can be found during these autopsies. The coroner in Teton County, Wyoming, that conducted the Gabby Petito autopsy believes she was dead three to four weeks before she was found on September 19th. So it brings up the question, in what condition was she found? There are literally hundreds of variables involved. Uh, what is the weather like there? Are they in water? Are they on dry land? Uh, are they in sand? Are they in bushes? What did they die of? Uh, are there animals around? What about decomposition? They brought in a forensic entomologist, so they had to actually painstakingly remove different types of insects, their larvae, for examinations. And we asked if those potential challenges can make it rough to determine a cause of death. What was it soon enough that they were able to see some type of ligature mark or something around her neck? If not, you know, then they would go inside and, and look and see what that area around the neck is like. All details we're still waiting on. So we inquired with a forensic expert about potential stranger DNA and how long it can stay on a body out in the elements. Let's say, for example, there, uh, there was DNA under her fingernails because she scratched somebody. That could stay there as long as it's... It's underneath those fingernails. It's unknown if anything of the sort was found. So we sit and wait until the folks running this investigation release more details. And of course, like every other day, I've reached out to the FBI with several questions, including...
Open News at 6. She keeps asking the questions. And the thing is, in this case, you have to keep going back on an almost daily basis and reintroduce yourself to the FBI. Ask those same questions to the coroner. It's, it's reporting 101. It's journalism 101. But it's the sort of questions that we have to ask every day. Right now, we're not getting the answers, but at some point, those answers will come in. And when they do, we'll be able to get those answers to you. Right now, a lot of questions still coming in. Um, and, and if you have any questions for us right now, if you're following us on, on Facebook, we've got our Facebook open. So uh, you can go ahead and fire some questions at us, and we'll try to do our best to answer them as we go through what has been a, a relatively slow day as far as new information. But if you've been keeping track of this uh, or checking back in with our um, you know, uh, online presence at mysuncoast.com. That timeline is getting longer and oh, longer. Oh, yeah. A lot of bits and, pieces to be bits and pieces to this. We want to go back to yesterday. That memorial site was cleaned up yesterday. That was located out of the uh, city of Northport by the city hall location, and they did clean up all the items, the flowers, the balloons, the teddy bears, as many of the items that, that could be saved and that were not damaged from the weather elements were packaged up and those are being sent to Gabby Petito's family in New York. And the family says they're actually going to take all of this and set it up in the office for the foundation that they are setting up in Gabby's honor to help other missing persons cases. And I still, I'm amazed at Gabby Petito's family, how strong they have been through such a horrific situation and how they are now trying to take their situation and help others in the future. Yeah, this has been one of those situations where, again, as, as you see this, uh, kind of a real sad moment where they're wrapping up all the stuff to send back. This is one of those cases that has opened up a lot of eyes. I know that in the news business uh, over the past several decades, uh, getting a missing persons alert uh, has sped up. That process has sped up. It used to be a couple of three days before somebody could be declared missing and not a runaway. And now I think with all that's happened in this case and all that has come back and all that we've been seeing as far as the questioning of what law enforcement was doing or what they weren't doing, these cases are going to get a lot more attention a lot quicker and perhaps that's going to lend uh, to a little bit more resolution quicker. And domestic abuse. I think this is going to be, it has always been taken seriously, but it will be taken even more seriously at this point. And now you kind of understand why law enforcement will separate a domestic abuse situation and normally take someone in. Uh, I know every state has their own laws and in areas. In Utah, they, they separate them physically, make sure that, that that individual had a place to stay for the night. In Florida, um, from everything that we've been able to gather, if that was, if that situation where there was a, a, a possibility of domestic violence or a report of domestic violence somebody Goes would have jail. been going to jail yes and now I always thought that was a little harsh but now I, I can understand you you really have to diffuse the situation so we don't know that that happened though uh, with the incident w uh, with Gabby Petito we still have so many unanswered questions we know it was caught by Moab police when they were called a week earlier to what may have been the timeline to when she uh, was the initial argument and the, yes. oh, I've got OCD, I was trying to clean up the van, um, that sort of thing was, was the initial contact with, with law enforcement. And then, of course, that timeline now, as it draws out, that period where um, another camper may have seen that van with Brian but without Gabby may have been in that time period right. that could have been. Now in that, when she, was, that, when she, was, uh, when she was killed, yeah. And then later found deceased because, again, the coroner saying her body was there possibly three to four weeks. So she was out in Wyoming 
again, don't know all the details because they cannot release that at this point, but that information will come out uh, as they're able, the FBI is able to release a little bit more. Catherine, uh, you know, kind of opining here, the officers in Utah should be held accountable for not arresting either one of them. If she had been arrested for battery, she would still be alive today. Interesting take there, not necessarily accusing Brian, but just somebody in jail, there would have been that cooling off period or somebody had the opportunity to, to make statements and then have that follow up with law enforcement. I was surprised she wasn't taken into custody because there was uh, uh, signs of physical abuse. I mean, they, Brian had some marks on him. I was surprised. There's a lot of questions still to be answered. And of course, the person with more of those answers, Brian Laundrie, still missing, still a person of interest, still out there somewhere and still the FBI is looking for any kind of information you may have. 1-800-CALL-FBI is the number, or you can log on to their website at FBI.gov. And that leads us to the end of uh, our update. Again, the newest information we have is that he is still missing. Uh, week four, still missing Brian Laundry. The search continues. FBI has been very quiet with updates at this point. They were a little bit more forthcoming earlier on, but really no updates at this point, except for from Brian Laundry's attorney and then the autopsy results yesterday. Our promise to you is that we're going to bring you these updates uh, nightly at nine o'clock, as long as this story is at the top of mind in the uh, the public uh, want to, to find out information on this. Not a heck of a lot of information today, but again, um, our commitment to you is to bring you these updates nightly at 9 o'clock. So for the past uh, eight, nine minutes, we appreciate your time, but uh, we'll let you get back to the rest of your evening. Yeah, and we hope you'll join us here at ABC 7 for ABC 7 News at 11. Until then, we thank you for tuning in, and we'll be doing this again tomorrow night at 9. We'll hope you'll join us once again. Have a good night. An update on the Gabby Petito case, WWSB, giving us the latest information.